Please prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a I'm Grace Bella Harmon, board-certified dance movement therapist and embodied grief guide. Body Grieves, Spirit Calls is an open exploration of the connection between grief, embodiment, and spirituality. I believe the grieving is an inherently sacred process that deserves and requires its own attention and energy to fully integrate. Through personal stories, reflections, and interviews, I seek to highlight the ways in which grief can bring us home to our bodies and to a deeper connection with the spirit that holds us all. Hello and welcome back. So happy to have you here. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview I did with Sabrina Rose Nelson. Sabrina is a writer, collage artist, and herbalist exploring grief, lineage, nature, physical pain, and the female body. She's the witch behind Moonbeam Herbs, an apothecary and herbal practice dedicated to helping others harmonize their menstrual cycle, realign with their natural rhythms, and remember their magic through herbal healing and body literacy. She is deeply influenced by the moon, the cyclicality of life and the earth, and the women in her family. To her, creativity is a way to alchemize grief and pain into power, connection, and healing. You can find her on Instagram at xosabrinarose and Twitter at xxsabrinarose. Sabrina and I get into so many things in this conversation we talk about the connection to the earth and how that makes grief easier. We talk about the underworld and she shares the story of a particularly potent journey to the underworld that her grief led her on. We talk about the connection between grief and pelvic pain and womb wisdom. She shares about her experience of loss and the relationship that had to her anxiety. Sabrina is a really wise and gentle soul, and I know that you'll gain so much from this conversation. I also wanted to share that I will be guiding a workshop in early August that is going to be an exploration of some of these themes that we bring up, the connection between grief and pleasure um, and pussy magic. So if you're interested in that, I will leave the link down below in my bio. And let's dive into this conversation with Sabrina Rose Nelson. 
Okay, welcome Sabrina to Body Grief Spirit Calls. I'm so happy to have you here. So happy to be here with you, Grace. Yeah. I love to start with the question, how are you experiencing grief in your body right now? You know, I think um, this is a very good question, I think, because it changes every day. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that's body change, the, the body changes and as grief changes. Today, I feel pretty, pretty light and the grief that I feel is almost more of a joy, sort of like a joy of, uh, joy of remembrance. Mm. Um, at the time we're recording this, Father's Day is two days ago, mm -hmm. and I lost my father when I was 13. And some, you know, some years are hard, some years are more of like a, um, more reflective. And I think this year was one of the more like reflective, like, um, peaceful years of just being like, I'm really, you know, grateful I had those, to have those memories and to still have a connection. Mm. And so, yeah, just feeling kind of a, a peace and calm in my body. Mm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's beautiful. Yeah. What would you like to share about how you experienced that connection? Yeah, I think for me, oh, sorry. Now that, you know, he's on the other side and with whoever else is on the other side, right? Yeah, uh, so I guess um, the, the two most uh, important people to me that I've lost are my grandmother. She um, passed away when I was six and my father when I was 13 and um, I was, very close to my grandmother when she died and I feel like ever since she's died I've just um I've still felt that uh, the same connection to her that I had when she was still you know um in her physical self on earth um and I think it's a lot of different things one thing is just remembering the impression that she had on me and the things that she introduced me to and just the things that we did together. Um, she had a big garden and we would often spend time in her garden um, and have fairy tea parties. And mm -hmm. she grew like cherry tomatoes and green beans and lots of mint and lemon balm and things like that. Um, and you know, now I have my own little garden and that's one way that I experienced that connection to her. I feel like her presence is with me whenever I'm out there. Mm. yeah sweet mm. little sweet little memories like that that just really do stay to you stay with you and remind you of how special that person was mm -hmm. and gardening is such an embodied process right like yes by its very nature it it, it forces us to stay present to mm -hmm. our bodies and to the sensations and to the what we're planting and pooling and all of that. Um, and, you know, I, I use a lot of nature mm -hmm. metaphors in my work because I think it's a really helpful sort of framework for understanding the reality of grief, which is, you know, a cyclical nonlinear process. Um, 
So I'd love to hear about like what your journey has been towards your body, you know, mm -hmm. from either the loss of your father or your grandmother or, you know, what, what has that, that journey been for you? Before, before I say that, I just wanted to say that um, what you just said about, you know, the garden also has reflecting grief is so beautiful. And one thing that I think about a lot also is like how, you know, like you said, gardens go through phases of like birth, life, death themselves. And you know, like when it's, when it's the fall, you know, and it's time to harvest the crops or when, you know, it's time for them to, to die for the year, really, I think that can also bring up a lot of grief and letting that, the emo your emotions also flow with that as well. It's, it's also a reminder and a, a physical manifestation of that mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think um in terms of my relationship with my body I think that um there there's a lot there too I felt grief very uh, profoundly I think in my physical body with my grandmother um she so she passed when I was six and um like I said I was very very close to her and I spent a lot of time with her and um being with her physically like you know next to her hugging her things like that I think was a big part of my sense of um, safety in the world's physical safety and I think after she passed you know that that was gone and um I did have a lot of like um I started having anxiety and panic attacks and really all symptoms of um just feeling less safe in this physical world and just feeling less attached to my own, to my own body. Mm. Uh, and I think it's been quite a journey to come back to presence in my body. And I think that's probably something you come across a lot in your work of people of grief is being present. Of course, it's hard for a whole lot of reasons. You know, one is that when you're present, you, you're present with your emotions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, coming back to my, my body has been a lifelong process, you know, and there are still times when I find myself uh, being less present, going back to the patterns of uh, disembodiment or disconnection. But um, I think uh, simple practice of checking in with my body, breathing, being still, remembering to be in my physical self has been, um, a pretty healing practice both physically and in terms of you know um journeying with my grief and letting that shift um, and with my father he so he had cancer and he found out that he had cancer right either right before or right after I got my very first period mm. so that it was happening um and then he died when I was 13 so really my whole like adolescence early adolescence mm-hmm was kind of a time of grief. Um, and I had very painful periods from the beginning. And I do think that that, I mean, I was very influenced by um, everything going on in my world at the time that kind of made me feel, again, unsafe or, um, yeah, just chaotic. Um, and then I think also, you know, when he died, I feel like I had, um, I didn't really process the grief at the time. And so it just kind of 
stayed in my body all throughout, you know, like my teenage years. And that kept, um, I think, kept compounding and um, was part of, I think, what led to some um, menstrual issues and some autoimmune issues that I have experienced in my life as well. And part of, I mean, one of the biggest parts of my physical healing process, again, has been processing stuck grief. Um, and I think especially, you know, um, grief, I mean, grief does get stuck in the body. And I think uh, one of the main areas it can get stuck if you have a uterus, it can get stuck really in the womb area because that space holds a lot of our emotions um, and our, you know, our cycles and our hormones are so influenced by our emotions and especially our repressed and stuck emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little bit of how it's shown up in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really struck with what you said about anxiety being a response to feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. Because I think that um, in sort of like the, you know, the dominant American culture, at least anxiety is so normalized. It's so yeah. like, yeah, I have anxiety. Like I have a finger, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like a very, um, yeah, normalized experience that I think because of how, um, you know, relatively easily accessible medication is for, for numbing the experience. I think that a lot of people don't look at, don't connect anxiety to grief. Yeah. Right. I think that for a lot of people, what is presenting as anxiety is being like stuck in that fight or flight mode and which, you know, if we don't feel safe in our bodies, like long-term or like chronically, I guess, that can lead to being chronically stuck in fight or flight, which, and then when we're in that state, you know, that it's harder to access our emotions as well because we're just all, like just wrapped up on cortisol and, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's like a constant, um, hmm, what's the word? It's like a constant need or desire or urge to come back to the body. Mm-hmm. And it's like the grief can get in the way mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm of that knowing really of that, of that need to be in, in our body. Or the resistance to the grief really, I think is what does get in the way or the fear of the grief, I think. So often like I find that, um, you know, like grief, grief is cyclical, you know, some, even if someone died like 20 years ago, you know, you're still gonna feel it now, which is another thing I think that our, you know, modern society just doesn't really recognize. Um, and I think there's something that I believe you shared this on Instagram. It might've been someone else, but um, something about like long-term grief now being considered like a mental disorder um, mm-hmm. in the DSM. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I think is also really telling to how, um, at least in um, America, we view grief. Um, but... Um, I got myself a little sidetracked there. What was I saying? Um, yes, <laughs> cycles of grief. Um, sometimes, you know, when I'm in a cycle where the grief feels more palpable, 
what's causing me the most pain is the resistance towards the grief or the resistance to really feel rather than the grief itself. And when it's when I let myself actually feel and cry that, you know, that cycle kind of can flow, continue to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, by the way, like in the DSM, the, like the long-term grief is like six months. Yeah, which that's so wild. <laughs> yeah. It says a lot, doesn't it? Um, how do you, how do you know when it's safe to stop resisting the grief? Like what helps you let that flow and let that cycle happen? Because I think that it can feel for a lot of people really, really scary, right? To, to not resist it, to let it flow. Cause I think there's sort of an unconscious fear that will like break down and not be able to get back up, right? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, on one hand, I feel like that fear is, is really valid because the way that our society is set up, you know, you, we, it's almost impossible to take significant time off to grieve or to take as much time as I think you would need to grieve off to grieve. Mm -hmm. And like, we're expected to keep working. You know, if you have children, you have to keep taking care of your children Mm -hmm. within, I guess, the system that we have currently, you know, it's just hard to take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it can, it can be unsafe as well sometimes. And I think that Mm -hmm. for me, and um, I just think in general, maybe the most important step or first step at least is accepting that you weren't able to feel the grief for however long and and seeing that as okay and as like a intelligent like adaptive strategy rather than like shaming yourself for it because I know I've had times where I was like oh like why do I still feel like this why 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 have I still not like fully processed this and why is this you know still going on um why did I like run from these feelings for so long because now it just causes it to build up but I think that you know sometimes we're not ready and that's okay and um and especially like if if this is something if our grief if we're currently dealing with grief that we haven't let ourselves feel yeah I think just just accepting that and having compassion for your past self that kept you safe Mm -hmm. in the face of this grief and in the face of this trauma is is a big thing. And Mm -hmm. then I think when you are ready, um, one thing that's really helped me is just writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to just like write letters to my grandmother and my father, just like, started like it, it started out just being like I miss you um this is what I did today I wish that like you know I could tell you about it in real life and mm-hmm. and then you know over time maybe they got a little bit more sophisticated in terms of like the processing that was happening in the writing um but I think that acts of creation and I think this is something we talk about a lot as well too acts of creation can really help you access that part of you that feels safe enough to process and grieve Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that you, in our little like pre, pre-interview pre form, you, you shared about your writing. Um, 
And you also shared about your herbalism and, yeah. and how that is connected to your grief. Can you, can you share some about that? Of course. I, uh, yeah, so I guess on the topic of creation, poetry um, has been a, a really important way for me to process mm -hmm. um, and just express myself. And writing and sharing poems has been uh, very, yeah, very healing. <laughs> and um, I think another thing on the topic of shame, really, like, there's a lot of times shame can be interwoven with grief also in the sense of like feeling like feeling shame around how someone died or like what might have been going on in your life when that happened I think you know a lot of um a lot of the you know deaths that are more like visible um in our you know like modern culture are more like clean um, or simple deaths. And I think oh, that's not what most people experience. Um, that a lot of times there can be other elements and layers to it too, like, I don't know, abuse or like emotional, uh, like harder emotions or, you know, different things like that, addiction. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I think, again, letting your grief be visible to others is sort of a way of saying like, okay, I'm not gonna be like, I won't allow the shame to be present around this. I'll just allow myself to, mm. to be seen and to express cleanly. Um, mm -hmm. well, that has been uh, my, I guess, journey with uh, poetry. And with herbalism, um, I think that's really relates specifically to um, my relationship with my grandmother because she mentioned earlier she had her garden and um where I really started to get into herbalism uh in a more like sense of like oh I'm using herbs as medicine was when I was a teenager um and I was looking for something to help with anxiety because I didn't want to take um medication mm -hmm. and I remember doing a google search and I found passion flower um, and so I went to the health food store and got a passion flower tincture and I took it and I was like, oh my goodness, I, this actually works. I can't believe this flower actually like <laughs> helps me feel more present in my body, more calm. Um, and then that really started a journey of remembering all the time that I spent with my grandmother in her garden um, and all the ways that she herself uh, used herbs in her everyday life mint for nausea and ginger you know for stomach aches and headaches and things like that and sort of um that was a way for me to connect with her years later as well and now a lot of um a lot of my favorite uh formulas that I create have to do specifically with um oh, like being present in your body and feeling your emotions mm. and feelings and yeah Turning to the, the herbs to help you be present process mm. grief. Hmm. What's your process of of creation? Like I'd love to hear how you how you formulate what goes into that. Yeah, it's a lot of different things. Um one element of it, you know, is it's been um the study that I've 
that I've done. I guess that's the more intellectual part of knowing like, okay, this, I know that these herbs um, work together well in this way for this thing. But the other part of it, I think is more <laughs> spiritual, I guess. Um, a lot of times when I just like sit with a plant, I'll just kind of get like a thought of, oh, I think that this would actually work well with this for this. Like one, um, one of my favorite uh, formulas that I've created is um, a tincture called Navigate the Underworld that I, um, I originally made for myself when I was working through what I mentioned earlier, really the grief that I felt was trapped in my womb. Um, and I, um, it has a motherwort, rose, and ocotillo flowers. And it started but the idea for the formula started when I learned um, about Ocotillo from one of my teachers, Raven Rose. And she mentioned that it helps um, work on the body, uh, the, the water of the bodies to help, <laughs> the water of the body to help, uh, to help our bodies flow. And um, it works really profoundly on the lymphatic system. Um, and it's also an amenagogue. So it helps our menstrual fluid flow. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I, thought about it and like spent more time um, thinking about Ocotillo and learning about Ocotillo. And, you know, the waters of the body can also be more metaphorical or energetic in terms of our emotions and helping just our emotions flow. Um, and Ocotillo also has a special affinity for the uterus as well. So it helps emotions flow through the uterus. And then Rose joined in to like soften it up and bring that heart medicine in. And then motherwort um, is an herb that I find just creates a really profound sense of safety mm. in my body. Um, it's uh, so it's a uh, Latin name that translates to lion hearted. Mm. And it feels very protective, emotionally protective to me. And so you know, the Ocotillo is working on helping things flow through the uterus. The rose is helping open the heart. And then mother works here to hold you. Be like, okay, you're safe. Uh, I've got you. Like, it's, it's okay to feel. It's okay to open. Mm. Sort of comes together like that. It almost feels kind of like poetry sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that different elements are just coming in. Mm -hmm. It sounds like poetry. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the underworld. I yeah. love that you mentioned that. I often compare grieving to like the underworld, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, let's talk about that. So there is a Clarissa Pinkola Estes quote. Um, she wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves. Mm -hmm. and I would love to read it. I'm just finding it right now. Yes, we love I have it. it saved in my um in my notes because I reference it so often but it's one of the later chapters and she's writing about um what she calls an underground forest which um is her metaphor for like the underworld of of intuition or like feminine knowing um and she writes while there in the underground forest we are infused with an instinctive language and knowledge from that vantage point we understand what cannot be so easily understood from the point of view of the topside world. And to me, that really encapsulates the medicine of the underworlds. And um, the underworld is also really 
about you know cycles of death and rebirth the underworld is, is the death it's the moment before the death and the death itself mm-hmm. um, and it seems so scary especially in you know in our modern culture like we were talking about earlier um, because it's kind of it's the things that are shunned it's grief it's like shame it's the taboo mm-hmm. it's the things that we don't really have space for it's death yeah. um, and so I think a lot of the times we fear it and try everything that we can to stay in the light or in like the, the top side world. Productivity. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to stay productive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the underworld really, like if we're avoiding the underworld, we're also the pain of the underworld, the potential pain of the underworld. We're also avoiding all of the gifts, the perspective, the remembering the magic, the connection with the deepest parts of ourselves, which I think really is what makes us human. Mm. Mm. So by journeying to the underworld, by letting ourselves feel our grief, we're actually getting more in touch with our humanity. I think so. Yeah, and and it also like, no, again, it's it's all cyclical. Grief has its cycles, and we're not always going to be in the underworld. We're not always going to be in the deepest pain of our grief. And if we let ourselves really sink into the underworld when we're there, if we let ourselves really fully express and feel the grief when we're in those moments, I think it also helps us get to get out of the underworld faster. Yes. We got to move through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> move through it to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the adage, the only way out is through. <laughs> like it's it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's. I'm really appreciating you. You know, making these connections because obviously it's things I talk about all the time. But mm-hmm. I think sort of for for so many people there is this really intense fear of the surrender right mm-hmm. the fear of going through and there's you know so many distractions that are um here for us to dis- to disconnect or to avoid really feeling our grief right um and i would love if you feel comfortable sharing I would love to, like, do you have a, a particular time or maybe a, a collection of times when you really let yourself go into the underworld and come out of it? Do you have any I, story yeah. medicine for us? Yeah, um, I think, so my, um, my junior year in, of college, I studied abroad in London um, and, while I was there, my um, menstrual pain got really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think part of it is that I was sort of removed from my, like, from my familiar reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really uh, know what to do about it, I think. <laughs> and the, the summer after I, I came I came home and I sort of felt like I had just been on like this really intense journey. I was so exhausted. Um, and I got my period the minute I stepped off the plane 
coming back from London. Um, mm. And it was extremely intense and extremely painful. And I was just like, okay, this summer, I'm just gonna sink into this. I'm gonna rest as much as I can because I'm exhausted and I feel really anxious and wound up and I feel disconnected from myself. And we're just gonna, I'm just gonna rest. And that's really how the intention started. Mm. Um, and I, that summer, um, I, that summer is when I started really um, starting to process a lot of the stuck grief that I had been feeling for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I, so my mom had moved to Hawaii for a year um, at the time. So when I came home, I really just went to stay with her in Hawaii, mm -hmm. um, in Maui. And we were, she had a house right on, um, right on the ocean. And I slept outside every single night. And I, like, I just remember just like crying and crying every night, just not exactly connected to anything not at all connected to anything that's happening presently, mm -hmm. but I just felt like I was finally a time where I could just like rest um, and be. And I spent a lot of time by the ocean, like I would go to the ocean in the middle of the night and just kind of sit with the water and, <laughs> and cry. Uh, and this was, um, it was during the summer. So it was during cancer season specifically when, <laughs> and, uh, you know, which we're in right now today, which is where emotions really can flow. And I, I have a cancer moon and a lot of, a cancer heavy chart. And so it was just, um, I think a lot of emotional release, um, a lot of opportunities for emotional release all compounded at one time. Mm -hmm. And I, ended that summer really feeling a lot more connected with myself than I had in a long, long time. And the menstrual pain was still there, but I think that is really when I started to um, be able to face it and start healing it. Mm. Uh, that's when I also started working more specifically with herbs. I started studying herbalism mm. as well at that time. And yeah, to me, that really felt like a an underworld, a long underworld, because it was an overdue underworld journey. But I came out of it just feeling so much more connected to myself and connected to uh, my like reason for being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it was a doorway. Yeah. Like a necessary a portal. Yeah. Yeah, portal, yeah, to move through. <sighs> yeah, I'm really just with like the softness of what, of what you're sharing. Because again, there's like so much overlaying messages that we hear about like, not even just pushing through it, but like if you're grieving, then you have to do a lot of things, right? Exactly, yes. <laughs> And you're like, I just rested and, and let my and cried for yeah. <laughs> really I think ultimately it's about just letting yourself feel. And in order to feel, you have to slow down enough to actually know what you're feeling and be able to like just connect with your feelings and to let them flow, not always being like reading self-help books and doing all these different practices and things. Mm -hmm. We have what we need inside of us, I think, inside our bodies. In order to in order to grieve and to feel you just have to be present with that yeah 
Absolutely. So how does spirit come in to your grief? You shared a little bit earlier, um, but it's definitely been true for me and certainly for the people I guide that, you know, when we can get down, like down under the earth, right? Mm -hmm. That's really when spirit shows up. Um, so I'd love to hear, yeah, what that connection has been for you. Yes, I love what you just said about getting like, down under the earth to let spirit flow. Because I think like a lot of times there's also this conception that spirituality is like above. It's like in the sky. It's transcendent. Like ascending. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Getting out of our bodies and into our minds and just whatever. Beyond. But yeah, into the beyond. <laughs> Transcendence. <laughs> but I really think that, that for me, spirituality is about the earth and it's about my body and it's about the connection between those two. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that for me, when I am accessing my grief and feeling grief is when I feel most connected to my body and to the earth and to the cycles of life and death, which I think really is what my, my own personal sense of spirituality revolves around. Mm -hmm. I feel the most connected, I guess, to my spirit and to some whatever is, it is that is greater than me when I am, you know, living cyclically or living in alignment with those cycles and just like having reverence for those cycles. To me, also part of part of grieving is really understanding, accepting, and having reverence for cycles of life and death. And that um, grief really is one of the most profound ways I think that we can do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's something really like simple about that, but if we really embody it, like it's simple to say, right. But if we really embody it, then, you know, I think it, it can make it so much easier. Mm -hmm. right? Just understand that nothing lasts forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then nothing stays the same. Yeah. Um, there's a real wisdom, you know, in that, in that just accepting, it doesn't even have to be like accepting the loss. I mean, of course that comes at some point, but really just accepting what is true, which mm -hmm. is that however you feel is how you feel. And grief is just such a universal human experience, like throughout, you know, all of time. I mean, like our, all of our ancestors felt grief at some point or another. Mm -hmm. so I think recognizing that also just helps me at least feel connected to what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And the depth of emotion that we're capable of, both love, both, yeah, both love and pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do your ancestors show up? Your grandmother is now an ancestor, but yeah, I'm sure there are others. I, for me, the biggest thing is just, again, I think my body, recognizing that my body came, like literally physically came from my mother and my grandmother, my great-grandmother, 
And I feel very connected to them whenever I bleed because, you know, at one point I was a little egg inside my mom, inside my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our blood and our bodies really are what literally physically connect us to our ancestors. And um, again, I think recognizing that has helped me feel safe in, in my body and helps me cultivate just more reverence for my body and respect for I guess what it means to have a body and mm-hmm. where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this theme of like reverence and acceptance and cycles mm-hmm. is sort of a thread throughout this conversation. Do you have any advice for anyone listening who loves the sound of this and it scares the shit out of them? (laughs) Fear is, the fear is very telling and the fear I think is telling you that there's something there Mm -hmm. and that maybe it is time to venture into the underworld and see what happens. And you don't have to start big. It doesn't have to be a big dramatic like month of like a sabbatical, but you can let yourself, how, like, how can you let yourself feel more in little moments? How can you, you know, connect with your body more in little moments? If you um, have a menstrual cycle, can you like take um, a few hours on the first day of your cycle to just be present with the sensation of death Uh, feeling of death and what that brings up for you you know can you take a few minutes in the morning to journal maybe write a letter to someone that you're grieving see where that takes you that might feel good to you it might not but Mm -hmm. write about your feelings if that doesn't feel good to you just write about your grief yeah it's it it is really the little moments Mm -hmm. yeah when you feel a deep emotion coming on if you have the space and the capacity to do so can you maybe sit with it mm-hmm. and if it's available to you get to a body of water go to a river a lake a pond an ocean because <laughs> i feel like that always helps me uh, access grief yeah i love crying by water it's, like, <laughs> it's yeah it's like this um okay this is here to carry to carry my tears right like there's there's so much more of this than there is tears in me. <laughs> or go take a shower or a bath even if that, if that's all that's available to you. Put your feet in the dirt. Get out in, in the earth and, and feel. Let the earth hold you while you feel. Let the earth hold you while you feel. Mm. Feels like a really lovely place to close our conversation. This mm-hmm. is a reminder to come back to the earth, let her hold us. Is there anything else you'd like to share or say to anyone who's either grieving actively or not grieving actively? Another one final thing that I would say that I would have gone back and told myself to is you don't have to be afraid of your grief. You won't get stuck there if you let yourself feel and process. And a lot of the times when, when we don't let ourselves feel and process, we're still stuck there 
just subconsciously. Um, don't be afraid of the underworlds. There are gifts in the underworld. There are treasure there in the underworld for you. And everything is cyclical. I think you, if you feel terrible right now, that's okay. You're not always going to feel terrible. If you feel great right now, enjoy it because you might not always feel great, but that's okay because then it's all a cycle and it's all, it's all cyclical and it's okay. And that's what it means to be human. And that's what it means to be alive is everything is constantly in a cycle of life, death and rebirth. And that's good. And not, don't be afraid of it. Hmm. Beautiful. Hmm. Thank you so much for this conversation, Sabrina. Where yes, thank can you. people find you? You can find me um, on Instagram at exosabrinarose is where I share um, more poetry, collage art, and also just personal things. And at Moonbeam Herbs is where I share about herbs and moonbeamherbs.com as well. I have um, an apothecary and I also do one-on-one um, -on -one herbal healing sessions and menstrual healing sessions. Hmm. Find me there. Beautiful medicine. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you so much, my love. Yes. Thank you, Grace. This is beautiful. Talk to you soon. Thank you, dear listener, for going on this journey with me. Much gratitude to beautiful chorus and Naomi Westwater for the beautiful opening and closing music. If you resonate with this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a generous review and by sharing it with your communities. You can also join my Grief Village community on Patreon, where we have twice-monthly Move Your Grief Circles, a monthly Q&A, and an ever-growing collection of meditations, practices, and other resources. Details to join as well as more information about my work are in the show notes. Thank you for your support. Until next time, have a soulful day.